Hi friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store, but before we jump into our conversation for today, I wanna take a quick minute to tell you about one of our incredible partners, BetterHelp. It's no secret around here how much I believe in the importance of counseling. If there are things going on in your life that are causing you to feel stuck or that are getting in the way of you reaching your goals, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist who you can connect with in a convenient, safe, and private online environment. You can send your therapist a message anytime and they'll respond in a timely manner. You can start communicating within 24 hours and you can schedule video or phone sessions with your counselor as often as weekly. It really matters to BetterHelp that you achieve a great therapeutic match so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. And they have therapists that specialize in a wide variety of specialties like anxiety, depression, family challenges, stress, grief, and more, which means they have someone who knows how to help you with exactly what you're going through. This isn't self-help and it's not a crisis line. BetterHelp offers counseling that is professional, affordable, and convenient and confidential. All the things you need in a therapy relationship. I want you to start living a healthier life today. So as one of my friends, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. Join over a million people, including many of our friends here who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. And today on the podcast is my friend Gretchen Saffles. She's the founder of Well-Watered Women, an online ministry that reaches women worldwide with the hope of the gospel. And her new book, The Well-Watered Woman, came out this spring. So here is my conversation with Gretchen Saffles. Go dog, sick em. Go dogs. I mean, how about them dogs? When were you in Georgia? Were they at the same time? No. No, I don't think so. I was 2007 to 2010. Yes, I had just left Athens right then. We just so I know, man, I just got to go back a couple of weeks ago. Have you gotten to go back very much now that you live in Atlanta? Not super recently, yeah. but in the past few years I have. Yeah. yeah. Tell me your experience when you go back to your college town. It feels weird. Especially really? being out of college. I lived there after I graduated too and worked for a little bit. What'd you do there? I actually worked in fashion. I oh, wow. majored in fashion merchandising yeah. in Georgia. And I worked at a boutique there. And so, <gasps> Which one? Sonia says. Sonia says. Have where is it? it? No. Okay. Is it so bad? I can't remember the address. No, I'm not no, great. You don't have to remember the it address. Was, it was, is it, it downtown was, or is it no. in Beachwood or no? No, it was not. It was a fancy boutique. Okay. Yeah. It was a, It was not a college boutique. It was an internship, and I learned a lot there. I That's grew a awesome. Lot, but yeah, I worked there, and then okay. I got an internship at a church in uh-huh. Nashville. Right. We just talking about that. That's how I got to Nashville. I oh, mean, my it gosh. Was, and it was very much like, why am I going here? You know, yeah. like, God, this does not make sense. I need a job, not an internship. And it was with middle schoolers. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was really like, wait, what am I doing? Yes. (laughs) And it was such a God thing, though. That move from Athens to Nashville was a huge shift in kind of the trajectory and getting me where God has me today. Yeah. Including meeting your husband. Exactly. That is wild. Was he working at the church as well? He was. Yeah. So 
And oddly enough, we met at middle school camp. Uh-uh. At middle school camp. Yes. Not- Everybody goes on middle school camp hoping to come home with a boyfriend or girlfriend. So well done you. But not as a counselor. Right. Well, some of them do. <laughs> was he also on staff? He was on staff. Yep. Okay. He was in the creative ministry. He did lighting. Um, that was his like full-time gig, yeah. lighting. And yeah, we met at middle school ministry on 80s night. Oh, so my gosh. I looked really cool. And I remember meeting him and he said his name was Greg Saffles. And I was like, what? Greg, yeah. What? Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, Saffles like waffles." And I was like, "No, no, those don't sound the same. That actually, doesn't rhyme." But <laughs> sure. And and lo and behold, that's how I spell my name now because nobody right. can get Saffles. I'm like, right. it's like waffles, but with an S. <laughs> Softles, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, the whole time you were doing middle school ministry, were you wanting to write books? No. Well, I had wanted to write a book that would encourage girls to wait on the Lord, to live fully for Him. But that was kind of where it stopped. Like, I wanted to do something in ministry, maybe being a missionary, yeah. maybe something marrying fashion with ministry, but not what I do now yeah. at all. I had a desire to minister to girls, and I actually remember reading some of your books then. Oh, some thanks. of your—yeah, your books for girls. Yeah. And loving them and being like, yes, this is, you know, I want to teach girls. I want to invest in them. Well, then I ended up working in the women's ministry. Yeah. And what was so interesting is working with the women, I saw that they're struggling with the same things these girls are. And if we want to raise up the next generation of girls, we also need to be investing in their moms and their Mm. leaders and their sisters and the people that are around them because they need to find freedom and fullness in Jesus if they're going to pour that out into the people around them, including their children or whoever that is. Right. And so whenever I worked in the women's ministry, I was like, wow, God, there's a need here as well for women to find freedom and for them to find Jesus in their everyday Mm -hmm. life. And that's where the the life change happens. And so walk me down the path of how you got from working in women's ministry. Now you are back in Atlanta. Yep. Mm -hmm. How come? We are there for my husband's job. Okay. Yeah. He works for Windshape and because of family. Good old Windshape camps. Good old Windshape. We love Windshape camps. We do. It's so good. Yeah. It was really a strange trajectory. Again, this is something that I feel like all of the twists and turns that God takes us on, yeah. sometimes we think, how are we getting here from here to here? But that's God leading us. Yeah. I mean, it's never a straight path. Like, we can all look back. I mean, even your story, looking back and seeing like where you are right now, Totally, all of it was part of the plan. All yes. of it was part of God shaping us. And so after I got married to Greg at Long Hollow, we moved to Knoxville. He was working in a church there. I started an Etsy business. So Ah. totally a different direction. Yeah, Uh, My mom was in the hospital. She was actually in ICU when we got back from our honeymoon. (gasps) No, Gretchen. Did they tell you while you were on your honeymoon? Not until the flight back. Oh, my gosh. So every time you land on an airplane, first thing I do is, you know, you pull up your phone. Yeah. I see a notification from my dad. Your mom is in ICU. And I'm going... I just came back from, you know, this high of an experience, yeah. and then my world just starts swirling around me, and you're sitting on an airplane, and everybody is, you know, just kind of bustling around, and I'm going, what do I even do right now? Uh-huh. And we knew we were about to transition, and I was not knowing what was going on with her. She has a really rare autoimmune disease and was oh, wow. unable to walk, unable to see. It basically affects her central nervous system, and right. so we entered our marriage in really trauma. And that's where whenever we moved, I didn't know what to do with my life anymore. I worked in ministry. I was now newlywed. My mom was in rehab learning how to walk again. What city are they in? 
They're in Atlanta. Okay. Mm-hmm. And oh, so I would gosh, go back Gretchen. and forth. And, and so we started, I started this Etsy business yeah. because I was like, I want to do something flexible. I want to flex that creativity, yep. but I also want to minister to people. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think ministry can only happen in a certain way when really as Christians, we're called to be ministers of the gospel, whether we are teaching kids or, you know, working in a right. store, whatever it is. Right. So I started making things with whatever I could find. What were you making? Oh, like key necklaces. Oh, I mean, literally yeah. stuff I found at garage sales. Yeah. And then I would remake it because we had no money. Yeah. Like, we had no money. And so whatever God brought, basically, I mean, I remember I found a bunch of forks and uh-huh. spoons and I was like at a garage sale, like a dollar. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to make a recipe holder. I made a recipe, yeah. y'all. Yeah, was, of course. not good. No, I mean, that's really, great. But that's where God, you know, he, he yes. taught me so much through that process. And then I started painting again. I always loved painting. And somebody was willing to give me $200. And this was like, $200 was huge. Yeah. I mean, we had no money. So I got some of them printed. And then I was in this spiritual rut in my walk with the Lord. I think we've all been there at certain times. Did not know what to read when I opened my Bible. It had Why were you in a spiritual rut? After everything with my mom mm. had gone on. And then we moved. And so moving as a newlywed to a new place. Yeah. And, you know. No friends. You're, you're figuring all that out. Yeah. yeah. And then we also, you know, we're not making a lot of money, which was okay. But it was kind of getting to the point where in this Etsy business, I either needed to, like, do something else or you know, figure it out. Right. And I would open my Bible and I wanted to be close to God, but I would go, where do I start from here? I'd always journaled. I love journaling, but yeah. I just didn't even know what to say at that point. And so I began just searching, okay, how could I create a space, you know, a journal that would make me desire to be in God's Word? Okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. <laughs> you go from, I'm in a spiritual rut to I'm going to make this for everybody else? Yes. There was no, like, middle testing to see if it worked for you? No. (laughs) That's a big job. That's a person who's been in ministry a long time. Oh, yeah. I don't really think— How do I make this a resource? Exactly. That is so true. Like, I don't really think about it, and I'm just like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. And so I didn't know what to do. And did you have any kids yet? No. Okay. Mm-mm. No. This okay. was like first year, first yeah. year marriage. Okay. A um, little a bit over a year. And I was leading a group of a small group at University of Tennessee, college uh-huh. girls. Yes. And literally that night, one of the girls that came over, she was new to the group. She was majoring in design. And oh I my gosh. Like, You're like, that is me. I have this idea for a journal. Yeah. Can you show me how to how do I design it? Yeah. And, you know, I'll sketch out some stuff. And so she would sit with me and kind of teach oh, me some gosh. of the basics. And then I found a printer who was a friend. He helped me print those first batch of journals. And that's kind of where that started. And I was leading that small group. We were going through the book of Ruth. Yeah. And college girls very rarely can come every week. Right. And so they would ask me, can you, you know, write this down for us so that we can continue to go yeah. through it? And that's how the first Bible study came about that I yeah. wrote. And so really, it just came about through everyday ministry, through living life with people and going, okay, how do we seek Christ together? And how can we encourage each other in this? And how can we make this available and accessible to people? How did creating something for other people help your walk with God? Or did it not? Oh, it did. It always helps my walk with God. Really? Um, Yeah, because this is something that as Christians and we're walking together, I think a lot of times we think of Christianity as walking alone. But really, we're called to walk together. That's the body of Christ. And so to actually create things that will help people love God more and that will help me love God more, it's like the greatest joy. I grew up in the church, and I had so many resources and things, you know, but there was a lot of things that really didn't lead me toward a gospel-centered life 
rather towards like a legalistic, do this, this, and this, and then you're good to go. You're a good Christian. Right. And I want women to see the fullness of Christ in all of God's Word. So it's like the more I taste it, you know when you have something that's just so good, like I don't know, like the best ice cream ever. Yeah. And you want everybody to have it. You're mm-hmm. like, you need to try this ice cream because it's so good. That's not a great comparison because no. Jesus doesn't yeah. compare to ice cream. But, you know, the more I study God's Word and just get to know Him in His Word and then in His world, too, and with His people— want other people to know that. Yeah. I mean, I want them to grasp that. I'm thinking about our friends listening who are like, I wish I felt that, but I don't. Hmm. And they're thinking like, yeah, I want God too, but I don't feel that. Yeah. What's that first step of like, I used to have tons of time for God. Yeah. Now I'm a mom. Yes. Now I have a job and kids or a job or kids, and I don't have the time I used to have. Yeah. That's so true. So I just want to say, I don't always feel like loving God. I don't always feel like opening my Bible. I don't always feel like, you know, any of those things. And the more I've learned, though, that it's a discipline to be in God's Word. It's a discipline. And Christ also set us up for fullness. I mean, He shows us what it means to walk it out in daily life. He was the living Word, and you see Him ministering to people, doing everyday ordinary things. I think it's in the end of Book of John where He says that He made breakfast. Yeah. He was making breakfast for the disciples. Yeah. And it just— You know, he's fishing, he's taking a nap, he's sitting with the children, he's journeying from one place to the next. And this is not like getting on a MARTA train and getting there really quickly. This is walking on foot from one place to the next for days. Right. You know, he broke bread. and, And so I see Jesus doing all of these things. And then he also shows us how to get away with the Father. I mean, to go and spend time alone with the Father with no distractions, but you know what? He was distracted all the time. Right. He was interrupted. I mean, his disciples would find him and be like, Jesus, where have you been? Yes. And he, instead of going, guys, you are interrupting me. Get away from me. Mm-hmm. You know, he mm-hmm. said, okay, you know, I'm spending time with my father. This is where we're going next. Yeah. And that is our example. And as wives and moms and, you know, workers, we, a lot of times, I think we think that spending time with Jesus is only when you read the word. But really, He goes with us as believers. He dwells in us, and He is with us. Yeah. And so as we take care of our kids, we can worship and pray and meditate and memorize Scripture. And so when we don't feel it, we still come to God because He transforms our feelings. I mean, I don't feel like going to the dentist. I, I hate going to the dentist. <laughs> I, I know. We're both Invisalign right. girls. We are Invisalign yes. girls. Like we, and we do not like to put our trays in and, right. and all of that stuff. That's right. But we know. You know, I, I do it even though I don't feel it because I know this is actually doing something good for me. Yeah. You know, it's good for my body and it's a discipline, right? Yeah. Like, I never want to put that in. Yes. In our walk with the Lord, why is that any different? We think mm-hmm. that I just want to feel it in that moment. But a lot of times when I come with zero feelings, and there have been times like, Annie, I have gone through, I've gone through severe anxiety. I've gone through seasons of panic attacks, of depression. And those were the hardest seasons to get into God's Word. Those were the yeah. hardest seasons to feel anything. Right. Even when I would read God's Word, to feel His presence. But I've come to know that not having that feeling, it, it doesn't indicate His presence or His absence. Right. Because we right. know from His Word that He is present with us. That's right. And so we bring those feelings to God in our restlessness, in our despair, our loneliness, mm-hmm. in our frustration, our exhaustion. And He meets us there. Mm-hmm. He says, come to me, not when you've cleaned it all up or when you feel like it, but come to me, all who who are weary and heavy laden and His promise. Yeah. Rest. Right. Rest for our souls. Right. 
Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Curology. I want to take care of my skin. I know that you do too, but there are so many products out there and it can be tough to find what really works. That's why I'm so glad I discovered Curology. Whether you're dealing with acne or fine lines, dark spots, or occasional breakouts, Curology will customize a prescription formula for you that will help you address your specific skincare needs. To get everything set up, just answer some questions online about your skin and send a couple of selfies. Their quiz only took me a couple of minutes and was simple and fun. And then Curology matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin. And then if it's a good fit, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your specific concerns. The products I got from Curology are helping me address some dark spots and fine lines on my face. I use their cleanser and their moisturizer daily along with the customized cream they sent me. I'm really impressed with the difference I've seen in my skin's tone and texture. I love knowing that Curology has set me up with a personalized treatment plan and the automated delivery keeps things so convenient. Literally just when I run out, a box shows up at my door. So go to Curology.com slash that sounds fun for a free 30-day trial. Just pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash that sounds fun to unlock your free 30-day trial. See Curology.com for all the details. And now back to our conversation with Gretchen. How old are your kids? Is it multiple? Yep, two and five. Okay. So how is this, your like interaction with the word, particularly yeah. with, with reading the Bible, changed from when it was just you and Greg, or when it was just you right. and you and Greg, to now with two kids who wake up? early and all the things. Yeah. So I was actually just listening to your episode recently with Francis Chan. Yes. Wasn't he awesome? Oh my gosh. Again, he's one of those people makes you love God more. Yeah. Him more. Yeah. And he talked about how his mornings are just like his fuel, you know, that time where he spends with the Lord. And that used to be me. But with my young kids, it's almost impossible sometimes to wake up early enough to have enough time to really get my soul settled in the Lord before they're up. Right. And so I have actually, I found different ways to kind of get my eyes back on the Lord. And so I still try to open my Bible first thing and even journal. And really, almost, that you try to do that almost every day. I try to. Yeah. I try to. Yep. And I almost never finish. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. 99%. That's good. 99% of the time yeah. I never finish. That's really good to but, hear. You know, my oldest, he's the one who comes down first. Yeah. And he sees me, though. I want him to see me delighting in God's word. Mm. And I don't want him to see it as like, oh, mommy has to do this. And he has a little journal. Sometimes he'll bring his journal out. The other day, he actually drew a picture of Jesus and him. Oh. I mean, he just drew it. And, I, and so seeing that, though, that he yeah. sees that Jesus, he's our friend. Yeah, We love him. He's with us. We want to spend time with him. We don't just check it off of our you know chore list of things to do. And so I want to bring him into it. But then I listen to scripture a lot right now. And the end of the day is actually when I have that time of just like meditation, memorizing scripture. Sometimes I'll catch up on my Bible reading before bed. Yeah. I never used to be like that. But in this season, like to end my day (laughs) there, because otherwise I end it just thinking, I left all these things undone. The world is falling apart. All of these worries will just rush to my head. And so to end on the note of God's unchanging word mm-hmm. is actually what ushers me into the next day with that peace and that knowledge that God's here and God's in control. Yeah. He's got this. What are you listening to? What? How are you listening to the Bible? The Dwell app. Oh, the Dwell app. Okay. So, and I just discovered I have been memorizing Romans 8 for, I know this is going to be a really large number, but 10 years. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Just trying to get the whole chapter down. The whole chapter. Because wow. It's a, and just memorizing that one, there's a yeah. lot of different 
you know, things that, that are going on in that chapter. Yes. So, so rich. I've been memorizing it for so long. And so I've started listening to just Romans 8 on loop with the oh, Dwell app wow. and I slow it down because if I'm trying to memorize it, sometimes they say it too fast and yeah. I'm like, I, I did not get that. So you can <laughs> slow the volume down yeah. and listen to it or just I'm doing a Bible in a year plan. Yep. Annie, I'm on like week 12 and I guarantee it's not week 12 <laughs> in the year. We, it's pretty close probably, right? <laughs> No. Maybe not. Maybe not. No. You're maybe a month behind. That's not very bad, though. A month or two. <laughs> it literally might be two months. But I'm still going. That's right. I was so behind on Luke. And so I just listened to it as I did laundry yeah. and kind of went throughout the day. So it's when you long for something so much, you just find ways to, we can bring Christ into our days. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to do because I'm so exhausted. Yeah. I'm so thirsty for Christ. I'm so hungry for Him. And I know that when I run to anything in this world, like social media, the news, blogs, like, you know, food, whatever it is, I don't feel that satisfaction. It's only in Christ that I really am satisfied. Ending my day there, just listening to the Word, I use the Verses app to memorize Scripture. Yeah. So good. Okay. I've never even heard of the Verses app. So good. Okay. Yeah, get it. I think it may be just a few dollars, but it's worth it. I'm on my second year. Yeah. And I have memorized so much Scripture using this app. Wow. Okay. And that's what it's for, to help you memorize Scripture? Memorizing scripture. Okay. So good. And for different learners, you know, some people learn, there's eight different ways at least for you to memorize scripture. Oh my gosh. On that app. And oh, so, I cannot wait. Like even fill in the blanks. Yeah. Um, speaking it out, doing the first letter. Yeah. I just love it. Well, you love talk it. about a little bit when you say things like hungry for God or mm-hmm. thirsty for Jesus. Yeah. For our friends listening who are newer to faith. And that, what does that actually feel like? I hear you and I believe you. How do we describe what that really feels like? What's that feeling? I think of Psalm 63. So David's literally in a desert. He's in a wilderness. And the Psalms, I mean, I I find so much comfort in them because every human emotion, I'm so- Oh my gosh, he says all of them. Yeah. Emotional. And I just, what a comfort it is that God inspired those words to be in there because God created our emotions to Mm -hmm. bring us to Him. Yeah. And so he says, oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you Mm -hmm. as in a dry and a weary land where there is no water. And so he had nothing in that moment. And he was longing for true fullness and satisfaction. And it's like this deep ache in your heart. Mm -hmm. I actually remember this. It's like a vivid moment in my mind after I had my second. I was so exhausted. And I just remember laying on the bed and and crying because I was so tired and just crying out to the Lord because my brain was not working straight, you know, right, to be able to right. like, read deeply right. into God's Word. And it's like this just deep desire and this deep hunger to find the freedom and the fullness that you know you have in Jesus. So we have it, but a lot of times we're not living into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can we can be wayward in our life. You see that with the Israelites. They had the fullness of God. I mean, they had the Ark of the Covenant. They had His presence in their midst. And then they would just go off to these idols and disobey God. And we are so much like them, uh-huh. but God is so merciful and gracious. And For a lot of us, and for myself included, I have to retrain my taste buds. And it's like my spiritual taste buds. Like if you're trying to eat healthier, I'm still going to crave pizza all the time. We Mm -hmm. love pizza. Mm -hmm. But then when I start eating healthier, I I love that. You know, I'm like, man, that salad's so good. My body starts craving it. And so even for us, when we read God's Word, it's like retraining our spiritual taste buds. And you start to see that, okay, these— 
you know, there's a million social media posts we could read every day. The news is always changing and it's super opinionated anyways. Mm. I told my husband the other day, I was like, I just want news that just says the facts without <laughs> right. I right. just want the facts so I can think for myself That's about right. everything. That's right. When we come to God's word, that becomes the sieve that all of that other information mm-hmm. goes through. Mm-hmm. And so I want my spiritual taste buds to long for God. And I can tell whenever I'm so full of the cotton candy of this world that, I mean, it leaves me feeling sick when I spend so much time on social media and the news and and all of those, you know, websites that are just like rabbit holes. Yeah. But when I spend time with the Lord, I mean, I'm right now I'm in Deuteronomy and Luke. Those are okay. the two books in my reading plan. Yeah. And I mean, Deuteronomy, there's a lot of things that that you read and you're like, okay, what does this mean right now to today? Right. But even as I'm thinking about it and as I'm reading it and just going, God, I want to know you more. What is what is this teaching me about your character? Yeah. What is this teaching me about what you love and and what you hate? God hates sin and disobedience, and but He longs for us to be one with Him and to find mm-hmm. that and to live into that fullness yeah. that we have in Him. Yeah. And so even in the book of Deuteronomy, as I'm reading it right now, it's stirring my heart to know Him more and yeah. to know His Word and to love it and to live it out. For me, yeah. a lot of times the feeling— of I need more time with God is if I'm really impatient. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's just something in me that needs to get fixed. Yeah. There's just something in me that is sad or angry. I need to like mm-hmm. identify my true emotion and then like ask God to come close. Where does someone start reading? I yeah. love the book of John. And I think that's a great place to start because we start again, it's it's saying in the beginning was the word, but it's kind of going back to the beginning as well, showing us that Jesus is the fullness of God, Mm -hmm. and He is the living Word. And so it really just begins by proclaiming the gospel. And if you want to learn so much more about Jesus, He goes through all of these different I am statements in, in that book. But one of the most important things is to know that the Old Testament and the New Testament are not separate. They're not like totally different things. They are actually woven together. And so as Jesus is talking and as he is saying, you know, I am the bread of life. I am the true vine. All of those are actually referencing different Old Testament truths that are pointing to the true Messiah who is Jesus. Yeah. And so I'm telling you, it's like the more you taste Jesus, the rest of the world will lose its flavor because you will see that there is lasting hope. There is joy to be found and that we do have a God who is alive Mm -hmm. and with us and is for us right Mm -hmm. now. After 2020, I just would imagine a lot of people, especially this is Mother's Day weekend, people had a year where they didn't meet anybody. And so they still aren't a mom because they're still not meeting someone to help them be a mom, Yeah, you know, a spouse. Or someone has thought they'd get pregnant last year and they didn't. Mm. Or someone lost their mom this year. There's a lot. I actually just saw Jenny's ice cream send an email out to everybody and said, hey, Mother's Day is really tough. If you want to opt out of our Mother's Day emails, just hit this button. Wow. And I was like, man, that is so thoughtful. So for our friends who this holiday does not feel mm. encouraging or exciting. How would you have them connect with God even in when this weekend doesn't sound as fun? Come to Him just as you are. If you are broken, if you need to cry on Mother's Day, cry. Mm-hmm. If you need to just weep, if you need time with friends or if you need time to be alone, to take this time. God is not saying, 
you need to be happy this Mother's Day. You need to be happy even right now. Be grateful no matter what. Yeah, right. no, that's not his language. Right. Yeah. And he he doesn't say, you know, when it says to rejoice always and everything, give thanks, it doesn't say to be grateful for, but to be grateful in mm. all things. And so that that's gratitude is actually coming from the character of God because you see in Scripture, I mean, it's a story about God, but we also see so much suffering in mm-hmm. Scripture. Mm-hmm. And we see that Christ, if we are going to be one with Him, we suffer with Him in order to be like Him and to be glorified with Him. And so in the suffering of your soul, He is with you. Mm-hmm. He is near. I think of Isaiah 53, and I go back to this passage so often mm-hmm. that it's just describing Christ, who took on all of our hurt and our pain, I just see that as great comfort mm-hmm. for the woman who yes. is grieving, to know that your grief yep. was laid on Him at the cross, and that it is not something that's forgotten by God, yeah. and it's not something that He's telling you, just let it go, just let it go and move on. No, He's with us in that grief and in that pain. Yeah, He's with us. It's a, I think as Christians, I know I struggled with this. I don't know if you did growing up, but I felt like I had to move on past negative emotions in an instant. Yes, like, girl. <laughs> bad. Like negative equals bad. Mm-hmm. You know, sadness, bad, tears, bad, mad, bad. Do you know what type of Enneagram you identify with? No, no. I don't. Great. Keep living your life. Go. Yeah. All of those anxious, yeah. bad. Yeah. And so, you know what that actually instilled in me? More anxiety, yep. more fear, more <laughs> yeah. anger, more perfectionism, more insecurity. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to lean into those feelings. And to bring them before God and to find Him in the midst of them. Mm. Instead, I would push them down. And really, those didn't come out until a lot later in life when I had my first child. That's when I started having panic attacks, when I thought I had to have everything all together. And then it fell apart right? because I couldn't. I had been holding everything on my shoulders Mm -hmm. as if I'm the Savior of the world when Jesus is actually— the Savior of the world, and yeah. He was calling me to lay them at His feet, but I was going, no, but God, I, I need to be the perfect person. I need yeah. to be the perfect mom and Christian and, and all of these things, and I can't feel this grief or this pain because what will happen if I do? Because at the time, you weren't saying, I'm supposed to be the Savior of the world. I mean, that right. wasn't the language in no. our heads. That's oh, never no. the language in my head when I'm doing that. I'm never. going, I cannot mess up. I'm yeah. not allowed to make a mistake here. And then as you unwrap it, you go, I think I'm in control. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And then we want to control our emotions. We don't want to feel weak. Yeah. I hate feeling weak. Yeah. I hate anything that makes me feel weak. And and so I was a crier growing up. And I was actually just journaling this the other day that yeah. I remember I was about to cry and somebody said, are you going to cry? Like, uh-uh. like, just like, like in school? Yeah. It was just somebody I knew yeah. just said, are you going to cry? And I remember just almost like sucking those tears back into my system yeah. somehow and just going, no, I'm not. You know, I'm fine. Yeah. And and really starting to think that those tears were a sign of weakness. Wow. And that is so far from the truth. Right. I mean, we even see in Scripture in Psalm 56 that He holds our tears in a bottle and in Revelation that someday those tears will be wiped away. Yeah. It doesn't mean that the tears are gone now, but someday mm-hmm. they'll be gone. Mm-hmm. And so we can cry for His glory. We can cry to find that release and that healing and that freedom in Him. And so the more I've learned to actually pay attention to my emotions and to the state of my soul and to my weariness, my exhaustion, my frustration, my anxiety, the more I'm actually able to come before God in the midst Mm. of that rather than to turn away from Him. The more honest you get, it feels like the closer you get. When my fear probably when I was younger was, if God really knows me, will He still love me? I mean, it's the same fear we have with everybody else. So I'll just come to God 
with what I want to say versus what I really need to say. Yeah. Because yeah. it feels like I'll get, we'll be closer if he doesn't know that I'm upset with him. Yeah. So we come with our churchy language. Yeah. And we come and we only say kind of the basics. But then when you read the Psalms, I'm just like, whoa, David did not come and uh, holding no. anything back. And, and the right. other psalmists, yep. I mean, Psalm 55, he comes and he literally sounds like he's having a panic attack in mm. this passage. But you know what this passage is so famous for is verse 22, cast all your burdens on the Lord for he cares for you. He will yeah. never permit the righteous to be moved. And that actually means unshaken. Yeah. And so you start the passage and he's saying like his soul is just aching within him. He wants to be a bird that can fly away and and find rest for his soul. Mm -hmm. And he's anxious. He's worried. He just, he feels the pangs of death. Yeah. And then it ends. Yeah. Cast your cares upon the Lord. So it's not like he skipped all of those feelings before he got to that. Right. Before he got to casting your cares on the Lord. But for some reason, we think, don't feel it right away and then move on and be happy. But no, if you read that passage in its context, you actually go through those emotions before you get to the casting, to the throwing it on to the Lord and finding the rest that we long for. Yeah. What does it feel like when you do feel rested with God? Oh, that's a good question. Because you know my word for the year? No. What is it? Rest. (gasps) Whoops. There you go. Get it, girl. So it's funny about that. I, I totally burned out at the end of last year. Really? Well, how many moms and wives, all sorts of people, but having your kids home? Yes. Yeah. Kids home full-time, working. I finished a book, recorded the audio book, all of that stuff. Wow. It was so much. And I just kept going and going and going. And then, I kid you not, right after I finished the audio book, I tanked. What did that look like? like the next day. I mean, like major anxiety could not get my body to calm down and just cried. Right. I just kept crying. I mean, I literally, my sweet husband was like, go stay with your mom for, (laughs) go stay with your mom and your dad for a few days. And I just went and cried. Yeah. It was just like my body needed to release. I needed to let those tears out from those months of just holding it together. Right. You know, in front of my kids and my husband and, you know, publishing and all of that stuff. Yeah. I just, I needed to fall apart. Yeah. And it was okay. It yeah. was okay to fall apart. I took time to rest and to do things that sounded fun to Had me. a girl. I started embroidery. Yes. So Let's go. So I love it. Yeah. A lot of different things like that. Planted some tulips that bloomed yeah. recently. Yeah. And so I did a lot of those things. But going into this year, I wanted to learn what does it mean to rest and to work mm. from rest and to embrace rest, not to rest when I'm going to collapse or I'm going to burn out, but for rest to be a rhythm in my life. Wow. Moms struggle with that so much. I mean, I know we're talking about moms a lot today, but happy Mother's Day. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So much mom guilt. But oh my gosh, my friends who struggle the most with resting are the ones who have a house full of people. Yeah. Because you feel like if you rest, if you take time off, it's selfish. And the dishes are going to pile up. Like if I stop, the work actually increases. Yeah. 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 But you know what? One of the things that I've learned is that when I was at that breaking point, because I wasn't taking care of myself, I wasn't able to take care of my family. Mm. I actually needed to go away and rest because my body was just, my brain kept saying, you need to go, go, go. But my body was saying, no, no, no. You need to slow down. You need to rest. God created us with needs for rest. That's why Mm -hmm. we sleep. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's how humbling is it that every day we have to sleep for like eight hours? Right. 
I mean, right. I wish I could just be working the whole time, but no, God created us with a need to sleep and he doesn't need to sleep. He keeps yeah. the world going when we are just like a lump on the right. bed, right. totally out of it for all of that time. And right. then we wake up and we get going again. For me, when I am not getting rest, I'm cranky, impatient. I don't do work well. I don't love my family well. I mean, yeah. the list can go on and on, but when I do have that rest, I have joy and yeah. I'm able to actually enjoy. So like you can have joy and then you can learn to enjoy things. Oh, wow. And enjoying my family, enjoying laughing yeah. with my kids. And I love my boys so much. They're also exhausting. Yeah. I mean, a two-year-old boy and a five-year-old boy, that's no joke. They're exhausting. Yeah. And I just, I love them so much, but they also need to learn that mommy needs to get some rest yeah. too. Yeah. I need to get some rest and we all need to, so that we can continue to serve and to love and to live and, and all of those things and, right. and to live like Jesus. I mean, Jesus was fully God and fully man. So he also rested. Mm -hmm. I mean, on the boat, when he's on the boat, yeah. he's, he's taking asleep. a nap. Yeah, right? that's right. And so I find comfort in that, yeah. that Jesus taught us what it means to rest in yeah. the Father. And he also taught us what it means to do the will of the Father and to work hard for his glory. Yes. So when I am rested, mm -hmm. I'm actually creative again. Yep. I have words to write and to say again. I want to talk to people when I'm not rested. I'm mm -hmm. like, I just need to be alone. Yes. Just, you know, and, and and it probably comes out in my interactions with people. Yeah. And so God, too. he calls us to rest. And it actually, it multiplies our lives. It yes. multiplies what we do. It, it, it makes us flourish. Yes. I mean, that's why God rested on the seventh day, not because he was tired. Right. God doesn't get tired, right. but to give us an example. Mm -hmm. And he commands us to, you know, observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. And I think sometimes we think that, oh, that's only one day a week. But really, every day we should be practicing Sabbath in some way, mm -hmm. you know, finding that rest in the Lord and, and coming before Him, stilling our souls before God, who is almighty and who is in control and to yeah. be like baffled by His greatness. Yeah. And that's where I find rest for my soul. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard to get there because then the world is noisy mm -hmm. and it's loud and it's it's sad. Because when we're like not doing chores or not doing work and we go, okay, well, I'm going to rest for a little bit. And then we get on Instagram for an hour. And then you're like, well, I actually don't feel any better. Yeah. I actually am not rested because I didn't actually separate yep. from the world. Yep. I just stopped doing my chores. Yeah. But I'm still interacting. Yeah. Tell me if this is true for you as yeah. well. What's it? What's true for me is if I need a lot of rest, mm -hmm. it just needs to start a rhythm of resting and you will yes. eventually catch up. You will not feel caught up the first time you rest. No. Right? No, no. because we're yeah. so exhausted. Right. And we're just going all the time. And that's not just physically, but it's mentally too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was having really bad panic attacks. This is when the onset, this is five years ago. Oh, wow. Um, the onset of these panic attacks. Right. I remember going to see a Christian counselor and her saying, challenging me to be still for one minute. And she said, it's going to be hard. And she was like, literally do nothing for one minute. Yeah. And I'm like, I can do that. You right. know, of course, right. you know, I can do that. Yeah. And I sit down and I'm like, this is not easy. For, <laughs> my, my body will not relax and my right. mind will not relax. Right. And so that began me on a journey of learning. What does it mean to be still before the Lord mm -hmm. and to meditate on His goodness. I mean, mm -hmm. the first Psalm, what does it say? The blessed, the happy person yeah. meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we think, oh, I, I don't know how to meditate. And we think of like Eastern, you know, emptying right. yourself, but meditating on God's Word, it's filling your minds with His truths. I mean, I've been meditating on Psalm 23 since December. Oh, wow. Last night when I was going to bed, 
literally, I had a lot on my mind. And what was going through my mind was, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And another version is, the Lord is my shepherd, he who is here. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. And so I kept going through that in my head, I think until I went to sleep, because I don't remember when I stopped. Yeah. And just going, okay, God, in this moment, Mm -hmm. you were my shepherd. Yep. And tomorrow, you're going to be my shepherd. And you know what? That thing that happened to me, you were my shepherd then. That Mm. thing, you know, that my heart hurts because of it, you were still my shepherd in that, and you're still leading me. Mm. And in this thing that I didn't receive, you know, that that I was sad about, I still lack nothing in you. Mm. There, there's a reason I didn't receive it, and maybe yeah. it was so that I could more fully enjoy you. Mm. That's Psalm 23, 1. I yeah. mean, there's thousands of Bible verses, but like, just when you meditate on it, you start to realize this is not just, you know, ink on a page. This right. is living and active. And this is meant to change me like right here, right now, as we talk, God, our Father is our shepherd and we lack nothing yeah, in Him. That's right. I mean, no matter what's happened today, I'm sure there's been things that, I mean, it's been a crazy morning. I've had my kids, Yeah, and, you know, but that's the truth right. that I need to preach to right. my soul. If people are listening and want to talk more about Psalm 23, both John Eldridge and Sally Lloyd-Jones yep. brought up Psalm 23, so they can go back and hear those episodes. Awesome. I know it just keeps happening. I'm like, okay, Lord, we see you. Yes. Well, and I <laughs> think that it's some a reason passage. this matters. Yeah, we have heard it so much, mm-hmm. but I think we haven't really grasped the fullness yeah. of God is our shepherd and, and the whole meaning of that passage, and it's six verses. Yeah. In December, when I had burned out, I didn't read, you know, eight books of the Bible during that time. I didn't journal, yeah. you know, like through five journals. I literally read Psalm 23 Over and over. Just Psalm 23. Wow. And Dallas Willard wrote a book, Life Without Lack. Yeah. I mean, that just opened my eyes so much to Psalm 23 as well. Okay. Uh, Life Without Lack. Okay, good. Hey, friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Indeed. You may think the only thing you find at Indeed is resumes, but that's not the case. At Indeed, you find quality candidates, conduct virtual interviews, and have everything you need to find the right people to join your team in one place. That makes Indeed indispensable. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring easy. You can post a job, screen resumes, and interview candidates all on Indeed. And then you'll get your quality shortlist of quality matches fast. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with the tools like Indeed Instant Match, which immediately gives you quality candidates whose resumes fit your job description. And they have the Indeed Skills Test, which I think is so cool. On average, it reduces hiring time by 27%. There are 130 skills tests to choose from, and then you add on your must-have requirements, so you only pay for applications that meet them. You can get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. The offer is valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to finish our conversation with Gretchen. When you think about your book, The Well-Watered Woman, what was your goal in writing this? Because you so eloquently talk about the power of scripture in your life was just like, I've got to put this down as a book. It came from my struggle. Mm. I mean, just like that journal we talked about in the very beginning, it came from my own struggle of going, what does it really mean to daily walk with Jesus? And I want that fullness, but I don't feel it all the time. And I want that freedom, (laughs) but I don't walk in it all the time. And I want to be fruitful, but sometimes I just feel like a withered branch. And so how do we 
as women in whatever role we are, college, mom, single, working, missionary, how do we continue to follow Christ and to grow in Him? Because I think that we have this, you know, like the Proverbs 31 woman. We go to her and Uh we just think, oh, I can never be her. (laughs) Right. She's a lot of things. That's not why it was written, though. Right. It was was actually written as a a, a Proverbs. It's written as a praise Mm -hmm. and as a reminder that a life that fears the Lord is a life that is abundant. And yet this woman's not perfect because when you look at it biblically and theologically, there's no one righteous, not one. Only Christ is the righteous one. And so sometimes we can look at her as, you know, oh, this is the unreachable standard when really we're missing the point of the passage. This is actually meant to bring us freedom. And so in this book, I wanted women to know that your struggle is not only, it's not only you. And that as you grow in grace each day, that where I was 10 years ago, I'm a different person now. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you day by day how I was changing. (sighs) Right. Just like our teeth moving. That's right. Our teeth are moving. Mine have been moving for a year and a half. Yeah, I'm way behind you. I'm way behind (laughs) you. I'm so jealous. But But it's this. Oh, Annie, that's such a good example because if anybody's had Invisalign, you put in a tray every week yep. and it's it feels like a little tight each week. And then the end of the week, you're like, oh, it moved a little bit. Oh, it doesn't hurt okay. anymore. Yeah. And now, and when I first started, my teeth looked totally different mm-hmm. and now they're pretty much straight. But that happened over time. And that happened yeah. through putting the trays in, doing the work. And as a Christian, we are growing. We're not stagnant. Yeah. We are always growing. And that's through the trials we go through, the storms, through the suffering, the loss, yeah. and even through the joys yeah. and the celebrations that God is changing us. Yeah. And, and in order to be well-watered women, we have to be attached to the true vine. Jesus mm. is the true vine, John chapter 15. Right. And we try to attach ourselves to so many other things, even as Christians. We think maybe it's, we just feel like we need to be perfect or our appearance before others, our involvement in things. I mean, I'm sure you could make a really long list with me. Oh, but yeah, we sure. find all of these things that we find our identity in other yeah, than Christ. Yeah. And so I want women to know to keep on going mm-hmm. in your walk with the Lord. Keep pursuing Him even when you don't feel like it. There's a whole chapter called In the Word and Every Season. Mm-hmm. And that really goes into all of these seasons we were talking about. Like when you're a mom and you're going, wait, I used to have like 30 minutes. That yeah. I could read the word. Yeah. And right now, my children won't stop touching me. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I collapse at the end of the day. Right. Well, Jesus still longs for you to be fruitful in that mm-hmm. season. So what does that mm-hmm. look like? And how can we still pursue him yeah. in that season? And yeah. how can we still know that he delights in us mm-hmm. and he loves us and he has good plans for us no matter what is happening in our circumstances? Yes. So I want women to know that there is joy to be found. Sure, you may not feel it every day. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wake up, and I mean, even on the car ride over here this morning, right? Bad tra- I mean, I was going, okay, Lord, <laughs> okay, Lord, I need you. You to- got here early. I did. You were fine. I did. The, the Lord, Lord. made. Won't He do it? He did, and we he got worked it out for lunch. That's so right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but it, but in that moment, it's not like a one and done type right. of thing. Right. I, I wish every. I wish my teeth. They could have fixed them in a day. Girl, no. you and me both. No, they can't. <laughs> they yeah. can't. And like uh, right now, outside. Okay, things are growing. I just planted some seeds. Yeah. And it's every day I go out and I'm like, please, little baby plants, like come yeah. up. And today, what before we left, I saw like two little sprouts. Oh, I love it. I mean, I planted like eight things a season, yes. but I saw like two little sprouts. <laughs> and still, but it's this slow growth. By the end of mm-hmm. summer, Lord willing, they will be huge zinnias. And yeah. I will have so many flowers that I can cut and give to friends, seeds to save for next year. Yep. But right now, 
They're little seeds mm-hmm. in the dark of the earth, yes. and they're dying to themselves. They literally undergo a death, and then the first thing they do puts down roots. It doesn't mm-hmm. grow up first. It grows roots first. And you know what's so cool? I just learned this, too, that the deeper a plant gets watering, so it's not even just as frequent, but the deeper the watering, the deeper the roots grow. Oh, so wow. shallow watering creates shallow roots, but deep watering produces deep roots, therefore more fruit. Oh, wow. And more abundance. Yeah. And I mean, and more I, strength if it gets bad. Yes. And I told bad my weather. husband, I was like, you know, I'm always seeing, you know, something about the Lord in it. But there's so much to learn in gardening. Yeah. But in that slow process of this growth, I see like my soul changing mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. That, oh God, like I look at myself some days and I'm going, God, I am just a wreck. I'm such a wreck. And, you know, I'll tell my husband, I'm like, you see the worst of me, <laughs> you know, or my mom or sister. Right. Like, they see me at my worst, but they love me. Yeah. You know, they they love me and they see what God's doing. God so much more. I mean, He loves us in those moments. He yeah. loved us at our worst. He sent Christ in our worst moments to mm-hmm. save us from our sins. And right. so it's slow. Right. The journey is slow. And I find a lot of hope in reading Christian biography too. Yeah. And reading just old books, like yeah. people from dead a long people. time ago, yep. dead people. I mean, yep. they have so much wisdom. Right. And, and then, <laughs> you know agree. what? Same scripture, same right. God. Right, That's and right. And so I learn from them, and I see their struggle. And yeah. I see, who, like, who have you loved reading? Okay, so I just read Elizabeth Elliot's biography. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth Elliot. Yes. So, so good. Yes. Um, George Mueller's biography, mm-hmm. Hudson Taylor, Gladys Alleyward. I've got a long list of ones that yeah. I'm reading through. I mean, all of them, I see that They were not perfect, and they struggled. They wrestled. They went through doubt. Charles Spurgeon went through depression. Yes. My son is named after Spurgeon. His middle name is Haddon. Oh, wow. So my son's name is Haddon. And you know why? Because I learned during that season that the Prince of Preachers, I mean, you read his words, and you're like, man, he knew God. Yep. But man, he suffered. Yes. He went through depression and Mm -hmm. darkness. Mm -hmm. And he said that, you know, he knew he went through that because he would never be able to preach to people if he hadn't walked through it. And Mm so when I've gone through panic and anxiety and depression myself— you know, in the moment, I'm going, God, why? Yes. Like, rescue me from this. What is going on? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when that season comes to an end or, you know, I'm starting to see the light, I can then see that, like, right now, I wouldn't be able to share this with somebody else who is mm-hmm. struggling. Like, somebody listening is in the pit right now. Yes. They are in the pit, and they feel hopeless, and they feel alone, and they feel like they're stuck forever, and this yeah. is the end of their story. Yeah. I know it. I know it. And I'm here to say that I've been in that pit. Yeah. I have been at the lowest of the low, Annie, as a Christian mm-hmm. of 20 years. I have been at the pit. Mm-hmm. And he saved me. Yeah. And in those moments, I mean, in those moments where you go, okay, am I going to stay or am I going to leave? And yeah. I could never leave. Yeah. I could never leave. Where else would we God go? That's what Peter so said, real. right? Yeah. Yes. Where else would I go? <laughs> There's nothing else. Yeah. There is no hope yeah. other than the hope we have in Christ. And those lowest of the low moments where I was broken and doubtful and hurt and just in darkness, mm-hmm. that's when I began to appreciate the light. Yeah. And so I want women to know that when they get to the end of their selves, when they are at the very end of their rope, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe they're like, maybe it's like the teeniest thread and it's just about to break. Yeah. God is holding on to them. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not 
the end. Yeah. This is not the end. Yeah. There's always a new beginning in Christ. Yeah. There's always a fresh start. That's why His new mercies are here for us every morning. And I love Gloria Furman, an author, said, it's always morning somewhere. It's yeah. so true. I mean, right <laughs> now, really I, don't know where, I don't know where it's morning, but it's always so morning somewhere. Oh, that's really sweet. And His mercies are with us right yeah. now. Yeah. Those new mercies. And so this darkness, this depression, it's not forever. Yeah. Like, look ahead. Look ahead to what is coming, but know that He's with you in this. Mm -hmm. You're not broken. You're not a failure. Yeah. You're not a fraud. You're not disqualified for running the race that God has for us. No, He is with you in this. Yeah. And so the book may look really pretty on the outside and say the well water, you know, but women are going to find that actually your brokenness in that Mm -hmm. is where you find His grace and His wholeness. Yeah, Christ was broken for our healing. Yeah. And so I want women to know that that's not the end. Yeah. That it's actually the beginning. Speaking of new mercies, tell me the best thing about being a mom. Tell me the best parts of getting to parent your boys. My oldest always says, I love you and you're the best. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes he he literally said it to a stranger. Oh, my gosh. On the playground the other day, he never met this child. (gasps) And then when we were leaving, he's like, bye, I love you, you're the best. (laughs) But, but, you know, it's a different. I mean, he says it to us, though, and he just says, I love you and you're the best. Oh, it's so sweet. And so even just seeing his heart and his love, my youngest snuggler, and he just—I mean—he's recently started just to like grab my hand and kiss it. Yeah. And so they can be such stink pots, but oh, they can be so sweet too. <laughs> oh my gosh, they sound so cute. Oh, they are. I love it. I just always want, especially when we're talking about Mother's Day. There's two sides to this coin. Yep. Some people are in pain, and some people are having the best Mother's Day of their life. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how much there is to celebrate. Yeah. About being a mom too. Yeah. So um, yeah. see the pain in others, but celebrate the joy in others. Yeah. Too. And it's attention. Right. We walk in this life of of you know grief, walking grief with others, and hope with others. I yes. mean, it's this this sacred dance of yeah. Okay, we're always one foot in in both. Yeah. And so even asking God, who can you celebrate this Mother's Day, mm. and who can you remember and pray for and reach out to, yeah. and to have eyes and and a heart that is very sensitive to the Holy Spirit and yeah. seeing people where they are because someone lost their mom. Someone never had a mom. Someone wants mm-hmm. to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my closest friends had a miscarriage at 25 oh, weeks. Gosh. This Mother's Day, my heart still just aches. I mean, mm-hmm. I think of her almost every day right now mm-hmm. leading up to Mother's yes. Day. And I've just been praying for her. But then there's another friend who I'm rejoicing because they had tried for years to get pregnant. Yeah. And that baby is here. <laughs> and so it's the one, you know, it's being in the grief with one and yes. listening and having yes. hope. And then in the other rejoicing with them, yeah. even even if it's something that you want to. Yeah, that's you know? good, Gretchen. Because yeah. there's a lot of people that we, we had a miscarriage. It was like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And the baby was going to be due on my birthday. Oh, gosh. So when we found out we were pregnant, we found out the due date. It was like, wow, God, like mm-hmm. this is... This right. is clearly supposed to happen. Right. I mean, my birthday and what are the odds? And, yeah. And then we had a miscarriage mm-hmm. and, and it made my birthday weird. And that yeah, whole year really weird. And, yeah. and so, you know, even on that, just learning to walk in the, the grief right. and the joy, right, the sorrow and the hope. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, we walk in that tension as believers. Yeah. And so learning to walk in that can actually bring a lot of joy in our lives. Yeah. Um, it, it can bring freedom too. 
Yeah. Um, and, and again, like we talked about pressing into those emotions. Yeah. Believe in yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? We've done an hour. Can you believe that? No. That went by real fast I to did. me. <laughs> I was like, we're just getting started. I know. Okay. Nothing else we left out that you want to make sure we cover? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, then the last question we always ask, Gretchen, mm-hmm. because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. So many things. Okay. I love to garden. Yes. Anything, I'm so much to learn about God. You're right. About gardening. Being outside. Yeah. So the other week we actually gardened, getting like the summer, spring, summer yeah. you know, things planted. And I realized the whole day I did not listen to anything, but oh, was wow. outside. Wow. Like I didn't have a, a podcast or music playing right. as I gardened. Right. I mean, outside the whole day, which is probably why my allergies are terrible right now. <laughs> and it was so fun. I kept telling Greg, it's so fun. Like, yeah. this is just so great just to be in nature mm-hmm. and to get dirty and like do something that I don't know if it's going to work. I don't Every yeah. time I plant seeds, I'm like, they could really not grow. <laughs> and, but it's right. fun. It's yeah. fun to try. Yeah. And it's fun to be sore at the end of it. Yes. Like, I'm exhausted from being out there. And so that's something that we, that I do regularly, something that sounds fun that I have never done though. Okay. I want to make homemade pasta. (gasps) Okay. I want to like make the noodles in Italy. In Italy? That's an added level (laughs) of... (laughs) That's like my like ultimate. I'm like... Okay, that's the ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. Let's literally make the noodles. I mean, making noodles at home sounds really fun. And then you went like, no, like let's go... In Italy. Let's like go for it. (laughs) Like we're going to make the noodles. We're going to... Okay. We're going to eat the sauce out on a cobblestone... Well, str- Girl, I mean, and we're going to have gelato after. Yeah. Yes. That sounds so fun. Maybe. That sounds so fun. <laughs> Gretchen, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. So grateful. Oh, you guys, isn't she great? Be sure to grab a copy of her new book, The Well-Watered Woman, and go follow her so you can tell her thanks for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, T-S-F, like that sounds fun on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. And we'll see you back here on Thursday. Thursday.